Father, we just ask you to bless this word. <coughs> Speak to us. Lord, about this subject. Because we need your illumination. Lord, that this would be as it was in the Gospels where your word went down deep into their hearts. Lord, we thank you for the gift of each person here. Lord, we gladly uh, pay the price to be here because the treasure is priceless. Bless, we pray these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles. To Genesis chapter 32. And I would like to just make two points tonight. And then sit down and we can listen to Pastor speak. That with prayer, there is two things about prayer that involves wrestling and first of all the first point is that prayer sometimes is a struggle And let's read verses 22-28. And he arose that night, speaking of Jacob, and took his two wives. And now this, the scene here is that Esau is coming to meet his brother Jacob. Burada Esau I think it's Esau, not Esau. Okay. All right. Esau is on his way to meet his brother. Jacob is in a state of panic. And he's very distressed about the situation. So he is planning and he is scheming. Preparing for this scary moment. And verse 22, he rose at night, took his two wives. And I'll just read this and then you can read it in Turkish. His two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. 
Now when he had saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Just verses 20 through 28. Which chapter is this? Uh, it'd be Genesis 32. Yakup o gece kalktı, iki karısını, iki cariyesini, on bir oğlunu yanına alıp Yabuk ırmağının sığ yerinden karşıya geçti. Onları geçirdikten sonra sahip olduğu her şeyle karşıya geçirdi. Böylece Yakup arkada yalnız kaldı. Bir adam gün ağrıncaya kadar onunla güreşti. Yakup'u yenemeyeceğini anlayınca onun uyluk kemiğinin başına çarptı. Öyle ki güreşirken Yakup'un uyluk kemiği çıktı. Adam, bırak beni, gün ağrıyor dedi. Yakup, beni kutsamadıkça seni bırakmam diye yanıtladı. Adam, adın ne diye sordu. Yakup, adam artık sana Yakup değil, İsrail denecek dedi. Çünkü Tanrı'yla insanlarla güreşip yendim. So Jacob, I think Jacob was struggling here with an aspect of God's plan. In that his brother Esau was so strong and so powerful. That Esau was so successful. And that disturbed Jacob. Because Jacob was weaker and he was dependent. Very vulnerable. And I think that this was really what he was thinking about as he wrestled with God all night. There are aspects about the plan of God that sometimes really offend us. That really trouble us. Have you been there before? Have you been so troubled about the plan of God that it resulted in an all-night struggle? With God. Have you been there? Yes. Yes, no. And this struggle was something, a disagreement maybe, about the situation that Jacob was in, that he was weaker. And as the day broke, God was not having his way in Jacob. And God had to 
touch Jacob physically. Öyle ki öyle ki Tanrı Yakub'a böyle fiziksel olarak dokunmak zorunda kaldı. To cause him to be trusting in him. Öyle ki Yakup ona güvenebilsin. Yani onun güvenmesini sağlamak için fiziksel olarak dokunmak zorunda kaldı. Jacob wanted power. Yakup güç istiyordu. Jacob thought prayer might be a way to become more powerful. Ve Yakup düşündü ki belki dua etmek güçlü olmanın bir yolu olabilir. More spiritual. Belki de daha böyle ruhani olmanın bir yolu olabilir. But with God, prayer is not becoming the, the end of prayer is not to become more powerful. Ama duanın sonu yani duanın amacı daha güçlü olmak değildir. But to me, be, to be made very uncomfortably weak and dependent on God. Ama çok zayıf yani duanın amacı zayıf ve çok kırılgan bir şekilde Tanrı'nın istediği gibi olmaktır. Because yani Tanrı'ya bağımlı olmaktır. I think Jacob and Esau had the same genetics in the sense that both had a real sense of power and ambition. But with Jacob, God was not going to allow that to be so with, with Jacob. So Jacob got his answer. But he got a different kind of answer. And that he would be powerful, but in a different way. He would have spiritual authority. And we see the writer of Hebrews summarize the life of Jacob in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. That in the end of his life, Jacob, an old man, leaning on his staff, commands a blessing on his children. All great Christians of the Bible. All great men and all great women of the Bible. Are people that have been wounded by God. Not wounded in a carnal way or a fleshly sense. Causing bitterness. But this is a deeper wound. A wound of brokenness. A wound that is broken because of trust in someone no matter what the end will be. And this is the wound that we read about in Proverbs 27, verse 6. These are wounds that come from a friend. Trusting God, no matter what the outcome is of the prayer, God, I trust you. 
Tanrım sana güveniyorum. However this prayer comes out and however you answer this prayer. Bu duayı nasıl yanıtlarsan yanıtla. Gene de güveniyorum sana. And sometimes in the plan of God. Ve bazen Tanrı'nın planında. It really hurts. Bu bazen canımızı yakabilir. Right? Değil mi? <laughs> yes. Evet. It does. And I think that we would not be spiritually honest if we were to say it doesn't. It does. Sometimes we are in a lot of pain because of the plan of God. But God's plan is different than Jacob's plan. God's plan is that he's going to put a mark on Jacob that would be with him till the end of his days. A mark of contact with God. A measure of weakness and vulnerability. A.W. Tozer said this, that God cannot use a man greatly unless he has hurt him deeply. God has to work very deep in our lives and that sometimes results in a struggle with God in struggling, wrestling prayer. It's almost like that God has to offend us. This may sound strange. This may not sound like the nature of God. But the plan of God sometimes may appear to us that God is deceiving us. Why? Because God has to break us from knowing what's happening from being in control God has to bring us to a place where we no longer understand what's happening but the only option that we have is to trust him even though he slays us we live in an age where there's an addiction to information and knowledge and then we are even addicted to ourselves God has to break that he even, ha- he even has to break our natural concepts of what we think we know about God Here's the second thing I want to mention. Jeremiah, and I, I just want to read this to you in Jeremiah chapter 20. And I'm going to read, read this. You don't necessarily have to try to read it. But Jeremiah 20 verse 7. The first thing that God wants to do is he, he wants to break us. And there's a struggle. 
The second thing is, is that God wants to do this in such a way that there's that our life as a believer here is about one thing. About one thing. Jeremiah says this, O oh Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and has prevailed. Wow. What words for a prophet to be saying to God in prayer? God, you have overpowered me, and you led me into something, and it appears to me that you deceived me. Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, "I obeyed you, God. I went out with the with the word and the message that you gave me." And your word became a reproach to me. It became it became my trouble. Every day I was in confusion. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. Nor, nor speak any more in his name. Have you ever been there? <laughs> You're just like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. It's too much. God, this is just too much. This time it's too much. I thought I was signing up for something different. Did you ever pray like this? This is prayer sometimes. God, I quit. <laughs> I'm throwing in the towel. This is it. Finito. I'm going to go fishing right now. I'm going to go do what I did before I got saved. God is drilling down into his prophet's soul and into his life to make an issue about something much bigger than what Jeremiah was doing. And in the same breath, excuse me? In the same breath, in Jeremiah's same breath, he says but God's word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay I think that what is happening here with Jeremiah is that God on purpose brought Jeremiah to this point and Jeremiah is saying the thing that he never thought he would ever say this happens to every person in some way or another in their life as a believer where we come to a point and we say that's it 
And you know what God does? We think God's disappointed. We think he's angry. We think that, okay, I disappointed God. And what is God doing in heaven? He's like, praise, he, he, he goes, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, he, he goes, praise the Lord. Finally, he's, now I can step in and begin to work. Because prayer is not about trying to persuade God to do something. But it's getting really quiet before God. It's where God does all the talking. Where God is speaking to us about His will. Where we can pour out our heart out to Him. Pour out our complaint to Him in Psalm 144. And let Him comfort us. This is a huge thing about prayer. The comforting of the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. He comes alongside and comforts us. Jesus comforted his disciples. Jesus comforted Jacob. Jesus comforted God comforted Hagar and Ishmael in the wilderness God comforts people because if we think that we can take our pain and just ignore it and not surrender it at the cross and not allow God to address it with his word of comfort then it becomes bitterness poison in the soul and I'll finish with this God wanted one God wanted Jeremiah to understand one thing that it's all about the word remember in John chapter 6 verse 68 Jesus has a mega church a huge huge following of people and he preaches one message and everyone leaves what does he do he turns to his disciples and he said will you leave also there's the door <laughs> will you go Jesus was not being sentimental at all what does Peter say to whom will you will, to whom will we go I saw this this afternoon as I was reading it. To who 
Not to what? Or but to whom? What other person? Then, then Peter says, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal rhema, eternal words. And this is the whole point of our life as a believer right here. Is that it's not about what I'm doing for God. It's not about what is happening with Esau. It's not about my disappointment and my offense in the plan of God. But it's really about the word of God. That God exalts above his own name. God lifts his word above his own character. Because this is really what it's all about. It's through this word that God's authority is revealed. And when we walk by faith in this word, and what I was thinking this afternoon, what were the words that were burning in Jeremiah's heart? What were they? I think it's Jeremiah 1, verse 9 and 10. Where God said, I have put my words in your mouth. I have set this day you over nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, to throw down and to build and to plant. Ulusların ve ülkelerin kökünden sökülmesi, yıkılıp yok olması, yerle bir edilmesi, kurulup dikilmesi için bugün sana yetki verdim. It was his word, God's calling him, Jeremiah's life. Bu Tanrı'nın Yeremya'nın hayatındaki çağrısıydı. Amen. Amen. That's what God wants to do i̇şte, in prayer, to really exalt his word. Sözünü yüceltmek when there's confusion and offense. Because then we carry a mark in our life as a believer. A mark of not power. Not a person that's able to control the whole gang or control the whole thing. But who's someone who has had contact with God and is allowing God to have his will in his life. Amen. Amen.